You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hello, Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon uh, for this very special occasion. This is uh, episode 20 of the 515 Podcast. Oh, yeah. We've made it. We've come a long way, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, John, how are you doing today for this special occasion? I am... Over the top. That's cool. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, we started this right around the Easter time frame. Right. Um, have we told the story of how this came to be? Do we really know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess, like, we, we were... Um, dreaming about this i mean like and and really thinking about how do we continue discipleship uh throughout the week and and what this looks like and how cool is it to to kind of unpack conversations and and give that to our people at the same time i think you were just kind of excited about something like this already and so uh, the stars kind of aligned they really did yeah this is this this could be an example or maybe the basis of a sermon down the road yeah but we were having these ideas kind of independently of each other right um we were coming off of the 515 service which was on saturdays and what i I saw some really just amazing things happen right but when that kind of had to put be put on hold i felt like there was definitely room for right that type of experience right to still happen yeah and maybe people could put it on their phones and listen to it in traffic yeah uh, or or you know while they're walking around the house so you know i guess i approached you and you're like yeah i'm thinking about that too and then we finally just said okay let's do it we'll do it next week and that's that's <laughs> that's kind of how it started yeah yeah exactly it was and when i when i say the stars align man that's god right like right, if god well, puts that right. on your heart um, pretty sure that your wife like had a dream that this was going to happen, uh-huh. which is yeah, she'll she'll tell how she that. does that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. but God was really moving us in this direction too, yeah. so it's really really cool, and it's been a really fun journey too. Because hey, we didn't know what in the world we were doing when no. we started this out, and so um, but that's where God can do some of the coolest things when we respond in obedience. So anyways, 20 episodes in, we hope everybody's enjoying this and tracking with us and um, sharing it and yes, getting please. it out there. Yeah, keep sharing it. Um, so we're, we're also wrapping up the At The Door sermon series. Yeah. Um, this actually, we finished it up about a week ago right before you went on a conference. Right. And we didn't get, uh, we weren't able to kind of sync up at that time um, to unpack that episode or that sermon, mm-hmm. rather. And then kind of delve deep, more deeply into that. So we're, yeah. we're taking that opportunity to do it now. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to hand the ball off to you. So let's. Yeah. So um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, my conference experience last week. But uh, as Jason said, uh, you'll you'll see two episodes this week. So we're going to try and finish the at the door series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're doing right here. And then uh, we'll record shortly after. Um, so look at also this week for another one about this past week yes. at, at a new series. So um, so stay tuned. You get a double double whammy this week that's for being right. uh, patient with us last week. So anyways, this series at the door, um, it was a four-week series, right? Yeah, four-week series that kind of... Um, got interrupted by a big old hurricane yeah and so uh but also a series where i think god did some really cool things 
to line up with our experiences that happen in the hurricane. And so in the midst of this series, without us ever without us ever knowing that Hurricane Harvey's coming when we're planning this series, uh, God was able to, to direct some of our teaching and planning and praying uh, to come alongside the church's experience and response in the middle of the hurricane. So I just acknowledge that at the beginning, yeah. like that was really cool. We had to pause in the middle to really address directly the hurricane, um, but we were able to come back and finish it. So four week series it took like six weeks because we <laughs> didn't have church one Sunday and then and then we shift gears for a week and came back. Yeah, we had the analogy of the front porch on, on someone's house, inviting them to come up to your front porch. Right. And during that, we actually went to people's houses Yes. Who uh, and helped clean up their front porches. Yeah, and, that's and, exactly and inside. So it's kind of a that's exactly the way right. that worked out. An yeah. ironic and weird kind of uh, clash of, of a bunch of things going on. So the series we started with was based on a, a poem by Sam Schumer. Shoemaker. Um, so I encourage you to, to read that if you hadn't already. It's called At the Door. It's too long for me to, to share now. But if you've been with us, we've shared bits and pieces. Uh, the first week we looked at the um, the invitation to the front porch, which is a simple come and see. Um, it's for those of us that just uh, fight. We want to fight against isolation and we want to help other people fight against their own isolation, right? And so just encouraging, inviting people to, to go to lunch or to be a part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then the second week, it was the, the hospitality of the front porch. And this happens in the church and outside of the church. This is the hospitality to sacrifice and to be there for um, those that are around. So we looked at the Zacchaeus text right. and we looked at how Jesus went and ate with sinners and, and he was going into the homes of these people. Um, but it was it, he was doing things that were out, out of his norm um, or would have been the norm for a Jewish teacher. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, people judged him for it. Um, and so a lot of times we sacrifice when we're hospitable, but it's also out of a place of gen- just being genuine and seeing those people and acknowledging um, the need for community. And so that's that's kind of where we're at. We always want to do that. We want to put our hospitality for, in front of us. And this isn't about being gifted with hospitality. This is just about slowing down enough to see people and to interact and engage with them. Then the third week, we looked at the um, community inside the door. Mm -hmm. So if the door is the door to salvation, inside the door is the community that has been transformed by Jesus Christ, that uh, the life, death, and resurrection has changed the people so that they look different. So our church groups, um, the church community, but also small groups and things like that, we should look different than a rotary club, right? We should look different than... um, just a, a guys watching football kind of group. It should be different. Even yeah. if we're just watching football, mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be a different kind of conversation and energy and um, genuineness and all of that is, is very different. It should be a pursuit of holiness to be more and more like Christ. And it should also be a pursuit for us to love others and, and going on to that more and more every day. And then the last week, this this one we're talking about specifically today, if that's the case, if we've been changed and transformed by what's in the door, then we should have the burden to be outside the door, helping people find the door, yeah. uh, putting their hand on the latch. And so that's a hard part and a challenging part for us to actually talk about what it means to witness and share and to help folks find Christ. Um, it's It's 
challenging and overwhelming and sometimes we don't know how to do this and how to approach it but again i hope you see the progression of the series because we're saying once we experience what's inside we we're desperately want others to to have that so that's kind of an overview and and that's our um our push for the series as we conclude it like uh, we hope that out of this, you see that progression. We hope that you're challenged by this. So maybe you've been inside the door, but you haven't committed to community in a way that drives you to want to witness and share with others. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you're challenged by the hospitality and how we look at other people. Um, even on a Sunday morning when someone's new and visiting, do we um, take the time to say hi and introduce ourselves yeah, and right. um, help people find rooms and Sunday schools and kids get where they need to um do we use our opportunities in the grocery store to acknowledge that checkout clerk or whatever it is like that i hope different parts of these were challenging to us in different ways yeah so in that sermon you 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 read some some a big chunk of scripture which is this great story about philip um going out and and you know talking to this ethiopian man yeah which i think there's a lot of before we you know really get into it there's a lot of examples of how we can um, just go out and get to know people, yeah. and talk to people. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe someone can't, it, maybe it's not easy to relate with um, the Holy Spirit moving you to go do this. Yeah. Or you think that that's just kind of real foreign. But but I think it's really more common than people tend to, to believe or understand. Yeah. Just the feeling like, um, you see somebody on the side of the the sidewalk and they're walking slower. They're they're carrying something heavy, and it's like right. that feeling. You're like, maybe I should pull over and help them. Yeah. Or, um, you know, maybe I should go, just go check on them or something like that. Yeah. That's probably a good example yeah. of that Holy Spirit kind of trying to nudge you in right. that direction. So let's talk about how Philip might have got a response like that. Or maybe it's a little bigger yeah, well, than scale, it, but I don't know. We, we, we can, I want to give an overview of the Acts story. So, okay, yeah. Especially if you didn't work here on Sunday, but a story just popped in my head. Well, many of y'all may know who Beth Moore is. She's a, um, a female evangelist mm-hmm. um, that is a speaker, and a lot of the women have done some of her studies. But she told a story. I saw her speaking at a conference one time where she felt God nudging her <laughs> in an airport to go brush the hair of an elderly person sitting in a wheelchair. It was kind of fumbling to try and uh-huh. like fix. I can't remember if it was a, a male or female, right. probably, probably a female. And, um, and I just remember her telling the story, like she couldn't figure out why she had this <laughs> burden to go over there and do this. And that sounds crazy and ludicrous, but like it was through that opportunity that she was able to just, just, extend hospitality and show the joy that we have in our Christian faith. And it led to something really cool. And Mm -hmm. I just say that because we all have these weird experiences. We feel this burden to talk to someone or see what's going on. And so that's kind of, kind of what's happening. Um, let's the, the act story with Philip is really interesting in the greater context. Philip is all kind of interrupts the story. Luke is who we believe is the author of Luke acts. Um, Stephen is the first Christian martyr, we believe, after Jesus, of Mm -hmm. course, stoned to death there at the end of chapter 7. And then all of a sudden, um, in chapter 8, Luke just kind of throws this guy named Philip in there um, and talks about his stories witnessing in Samaria. 
Um, and so it's interesting to track with what's going on. But Philip uh, is told by God to go south from Jerusalem on this road into this desert. Um, and he's he is obedient. He goes and mm-hmm. he follows this road. And then and then the um, spirit tells him to go to this chariot, someone who's traveling. It happens to be this Ethiopian eunuch. Um, and so he answers and he goes. And then when he gets to the chariot, this Ethiopian is reading Isaiah. And he's reading the um, the part of the Isaiah scroll that probably not a book like we have. But sure, he's yeah. got some, some kind of scroll or something that he's been able to have, which is uh, pretty odd, too. He probably, and we, we know that he's an important person, so he, he's able to have the means to have this scroll with yeah. him. So he's reading this Isaiah text. And it happens to be the part that's prophesying to Jesus coming. And so Philip, through obedience of God and through obedience of the Holy Spirit, gets to come up on this guy that's wrestling with God already. Um, And then he begins to share with him about what that text is saying. Mm -hmm. It's clear the Ethiopian doesn't know. Is is Isaiah talking about himself or who is this? And and Philip has a great opportunity to just say, no, this is is about Jesus and let me tell you. And so the story's beautiful. Like after that, it, it appears there's a conversion where mm-hmm. the Ethiopian says, look, God has given us a, a pool of water. Why shouldn't I be baptized here? And then Philip baptizes the Ethiopian. And then if you track really closely, God removes Philip and Philip disappears and yeah. he's somewhere else. <laughs> and then the Ethiopian seems to go back home. And and um, another interesting t- uh, tidbit that I didn't get to on Sunday is um, one of the early church historians, Eusebius, is going to write that the Ethiopian becomes like a an evangelist in in, in Ethiopia, oh, okay. that he begins to share and start yeah. like a church there, and so we, we don't we can't confirm that in the biblical text, but that's something that's really interesting. And yeah. We at least know that there's a church that starts there, and there's early church fathers that are operating in Carthage and mm-hmm. parts of Africa, and so um, that's really cool. Really so this cool is an amazing historical kind of tie-in, right? And so we're able to put you know a, a period of time, right? We know who this this Ethiopian guy works for, mm-hmm. you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, we know that that's a real place and, and we, we can see the ruins of, of, you know, so it's right. It's just a great all around story yeah. from that angle. And then also from, you know, listening how Philip actually took this, the Holy Spirit, that right. kind of nudge to pull over and talk to this guy. Right. Where maybe he, he wouldn't have done that ordinary. That just remind, reminded me of a story that one um, Christmas when I was probably in my early teens, uh, we were going to my, my grandparents for Christmas Eve dinner or whatever it was. And there was a tent on the side of the road, like off on a little construction site, where there's a bunch of like equipment and trucks and and um, parked over there. You know, so they always have like a security guy who is there to watch that yeah. to keep it from being stolen or damaged. Yeah. <clears throat> well, inside that tent, tent was like this real faint light. So my dad was like, I'm going to go pull over and see what's going on there what's that about well there were there was this guy there were these two guys like in that tent and it was raining outside i mm-hmm. mean it couldn't have been worse conditions yeah and it was cold and these guys well, their job was to just watch the side and make sure nothing was stolen and he he's we went to my all of my grandparents house and my dad was like i need to go i want to invite that guy to come have christmas eve dinner with us wow so we went and he got him and brought him back and while he was gone to pick those guys up we went through all of our gifts and kind of split them up. And like, we had some clean socks that were brand new and we wrapped presents wow. <laughs> and, and brought the, when the guys got there, they had a hot meal. They, they were open, able to open presents with us. That's awesome. And 
that has stuck with me, you know, to this day. That's so beautiful. That is, there we go. Dude, that's beautiful. There that's like every part of this series, right? <laughs> like that's uh, It just came to me, right? Well, that's the, that's the simple invitation. That's the hospitality, yeah. the sacrificial movement. Um, it's, yeah, that's really good. And that's without ever like getting to the hard sell of Christianity. That's, yeah. that's just presenting the heart of what we believe and that's family and mm-hmm. that's, uh, provision that's um, giving like that's all of that that's the that's the Christian message that's wrapped up in there and so it that opens the door for some really cool mm-hmm. conversations that would lead to like something like what we're talking about here with Philip and the yeah. Ethiopian that's cool and, and just like the Ethiopian I don't know whatever happened to those guys right yeah but, you know hopefully some great stuff <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean uh, hopefully we you, you sowed some seeds sowed some right seeds, like yeah. and and I'm going to steal from, this is one of my favorite kind of uh, uh, logo kind of um, uh, taglines. Uh, there's a there's a publishing company called Seedbed, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they published, their Christian publishing company through my, my seminary. It was part of the conference I went to last, last mm-hmm. week. But uh, so they talk about sowing, sowing greatly and sowing boldly, Seedbed. Okay. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, like I have a, I have a piece of a picture that I keep in my office that says like, uh, so, um, so great today and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, um, I, I wanted to buy my kid a t-shirt they were selling that's like future sower. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's what awesome. it is. We're sowing seeds. Right. And, yeah. and it, of course we want to see those seeds come to bloom. We don't always get that opportunity, but it's important for us to sow these seeds so others can be a part of that harvest mm-hmm. in the same way that a lot of the experiences I've had that are conversion like with other people. It's because others have sowed seeds all along the way. Yeah. It's not because like, someone sat and listened to John Wayne preach for the first time and went from no understanding of God to all of a sudden I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Sometimes that's happened. I'm not saying God can't do that, sure. but most of the time it's because people had laid, had sowed those seeds all along. They had kind of laid the groundwork and put that foundation in. Um, and so people have been like, they're considering and thinking through what that means. So that that's God already working in that person's life well before I'm ever interacting with them. And that's what happens with the Ethiopian, mm-hmm. right? He has the Isaiah scroll. He's reading about Jesus. He's been, he's just come from Jerusalem. He had some kind of worship experience and, and this bridge is built for Philip. And yeah. so it's a really cool thing. That's great. So just here's a little i guess maybe like a little footnote to that story you know what is the civic significance of this man being an ethiopian i mean they specifically called out he's from ethiopia yeah and a wealthy man like there's some yeah. details that are added yeah by he Lee. works like, for this yeah you know the 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 top uh not tribal leader but whatever you know like i forget her name or yeah some really here. interesting details like i think luke maybe putting some historical references in there yeah. as well um it's interesting to think about this because the Ethiopian is coming from Jerusalem. He's got the Isaiah text. It says he's coming from worship. So one clarification I need to make to my Sunday sermon, I said he was probably a Gentile and non-Jew. Mm-hmm. And actually, as I start to dig into this, we really that that's disputed. Um, he may he may actually be a Jew, or he's probably at least a God fearer, mm-hmm. meaning he um, in that time there were people that. 
that still, even if they kind of tended towards a pagan relationship, they still feared God and they knew that the people of Israel had a God that was powerful. Like even if they didn't fully understand it, there was a fear to that. Or, and when I say fear, I say respect. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you see people that aren't, um, Jewish in the Old Testament that are bowing and respecting the Israelites in different ways because they are respecting the power of the God that they follow. And so that could be something like that. It definitely looks like he's wrestling with something and searching. The reason why I don't think he's a Gentile, and I need to correct what I say on Sunday, is because the Gentile movement starts a chapter or two later when God appears to Peter and he goes to Cornelius and now the Gentiles are coming in. And so um, I think that's later on. Here's what I think is significant about the Ethiopian. Ethiopia to uh, these guys is the ends of the earth. Okay. Samaria and the ends of the earth. That's as far as they know. Oh, right. Sure, yeah. And the other thing is the Ethiopian looks very different than they do. Mm-hmm. He was probably very, very dark skinned mm-hmm. and he just, what, what they would call exotic, just very unknown. And so um, it's really an interesting uh, thing. And Philip's being led into unknown territory and he's sharing the good news with someone uh, that they wouldn't have shared with. Now think about this. Just a chapter before, they finally start to share with uh, the Samaritans. Um, And so we see this promise in in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you will take, you will wait for power. When the power comes, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the world. And so we see the Samaritans happening. We see the witness in Judea and then we see the Gentiles and the ends of the earth all happening in these chapters. Mm -hmm. And so Luke, the author, is trying to show that this promise by Jesus and this leading of the Holy Spirit is the widening stretch of the gospel that's going to go all the way to the ends of the earth. And this is kind of an allusion to that with mm-hmm. the Ethiopian. So this is a good illustration of, of um, you know, Philip being called by God and how we get to see how he really acted on that. What, how many times, you know, do we miss these opportunities? You know, like I said, you pass somebody on the sidewalk that looks like they could use some help. Yeah. And you don't stop. You yeah. don't pull over. Yeah. What, I guess that question's for kind of the listener to think about. Yeah, how many times do we, do we miss those? Yeah, how many times do you get the opportunity to, to be like Philip, right. but you, you, you don't listen to them? Or yeah, you don't in, listen a, to in the sermon, I think I said something like, you know, what's the chariot you're being called to? Right? There you go. Yeah, like, yeah. man, who are those people that are around us? And, and the good news is, like... I don't think it's a, I don't think God works in this way where it's like one chance and it's over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like if that's the case, then we're just kind of playing a game with who gets to come into God's family. Yeah. And, uh, and I just don't think that's how God works, but it's a challenge for us to, to now look back and see the missed opportunities and think about how we can now engage them moving forward. To be aware of them. Because it could be your mom. Yeah. Or your dad, or a sibling, or a coworker, or a neighbor. I mean, during the hurricane, you talked about um, having dinner with your your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, like about missing those opportunities and and just the seizing the opportunity. And it wasn't too late for that. No. It was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that, we wait, that you that missed maybe the chance to have dinner with them. I do this all the time. Yeah. But it was never too late. It never was still late. it was still a good thing, and a and a um, God can use that moment. And so, it's never too late to share. I mean, it took me years to get the nerve to share with my mom about about my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget. 
uh, one of her best friends passed away. And so she was going to go to this funeral in West Texas by herself. And I decided to go with her. And I took that seven hour drive uh, <laughs> to take that opportunity to say, this journey in ministry that I'm on is not just a, it's not a fluke and it's not just a season and it's not just a job. Yeah. Um, I'm headed this way because this is what happened with me and in my life. And this is where I see, and this is where I see what happened in my childhood from lukewarm, lukewarm Christianity, mm-hmm. um, Sunday churchgoers maybe, but really it being on the back burner, this is how it affected me. And this is how I think God is calling us to reconsider um, our relationship with him. And I got to share all that with her. Yeah, That was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But the point of all of that was... It took me a long time to get there, but it still was not too late. Yeah. It still was the right thing at the right time. And we're still working through some of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like and, and so I just encourage y'all to, to think about those chariots that, that God's called you to and, and don't miss those opportunities. And be praying that you would um, be aware of them when God is, is bringing new ones your way. Um, I hope that that would be on our heart. Not as like a game, like how many can I win for the Lord today? Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. a headhunter. No, right. Um, sometimes I think we abuse that. And we kind of simplify this journey into Christ, but more as a um, opportunities to show Christ and to love and, yeah. and to reach out to others. And I want to, I think this might dovetail nicely into the, the Watchmakers series. So well, that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. So I don't want to go too yeah. far now, but you yeah. know, how many... How many, how many of us have are like, you know, just I go to church on Sundays because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I leave yeah. church and then I come back next Sunday, you know, yeah. um, because you don't really you, you don't think that you have those um, really much to offer or yeah. skills that yeah. that, you know, you don't realize that people need that that skill or that gift that you have. Yeah. And how can you look within yourself to re- to recognize them and then how can you kind of bring them and share them? So, I want to pick that up next. Some of us don't have much to offer. And and here's why. Not because we're not supposed to. Yeah. It's because we're only giving ourselves part way to this, right? Like we're only allowing God to have so much of us. And yeah. so we leave on Sunday and we haven't been changed and we're not looking for ways to join in God's mission. Yeah. And so some of us are just empty and don't have much to offer to others that are looking for something else. And so the challenge then for those for for the rest of us and where we'll go for the next series too is let's stop living a powerless life, mm-hmm. a spiritless life. Because I think God's given us some really cool gifts and opportunities. And I think we all should have a lot to offer. And it's seated in us. We have the potential in us. Yeah. Um, but I just want us all to submit and find humility and, and well, let me, let me put it this way to ask for more, to ask for God to share and guide and lead us to the chariots and show us opportunities, not just in a hurricane, but in other times to, to love extravagantly and lavishly and to, to live that kind of life. Yeah. A lot of people, myself included yeah. you can't see, it's you can't see the power that you have or the gifts that you have right. you need someone else to tell you that they're there yeah right and before sometimes before you can see them well the other thing is if you can't you can't know they're there unless you step out of your comfort zone right. and try it 
Right. And sometimes you need that push, whether it's another person, a family member, yeah. or someone else in the church, or if it's the Holy Spirit kind of telling yeah. you to get out and go yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So we got to stop there because we'll go too far. Into I think the next we really one. do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so then, Jason, the question for me then that, that is the hardest one as I prepare this is why do we miss these opportunities to witness to the Ethiopian? Right. Why? What stops us from sharing our faith with other people? What do you, I mean, what do you think? Like, I'm throwing that at you. So I really did see a lady walking down the sidewalk uh-huh. the other day. In fact, it wasn't a sidewalk. Is the side of the road where there is no sidewalk. Oh. And she was walking. It was in the grass. Yeah. And I was late for an appointment. Yeah. Or I was, I could have been late. I was yeah. going to go meet somebody. And I'm like, do I need to pull over and stop and check on this lady? Mm-hmm. Um. And then I quickly just rationed my way out of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. North Park traffic is so bad. Mm-hmm. It would have taken me a half an hour. And, you know, I went through all these reasons of why not to do it. I'm like, she's probably fine. And by that time, yeah. the moment was gone. So I'm like, oh, I'm off the hook. Yeah. But, you know, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we all have those kind of things that just kind of like, that was a missed, you said before, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. You know, looking back and like, how many other missed opportunities have I, yeah. have I had? So... I think that's one of the answers is kind of over-rationalizing yeah. why we shouldn't do it sometimes right. instead right. of like, right. just just do it. Because yeah. if you're having this thought, maybe that, you know, somebody's speaking to you. Well, and what's, because, yeah, there's, and there's fear, right? Like There's fear, right? yeah. I'm afraid of of not doing it right, not, not being able to put into words or express yeah. what I want to. I'm afraid of being shot down. Like, I'm afraid of... I mean, you, you and I talked before we started recording. We're afraid of the person that has all the answers against Christianity yeah, and not wanting to get involved in that argument. And so, yeah, it's something that's really interesting. And I, and I think that there, there's a lot of there's a lot we could say about this. Um, the first thing I would say when it comes to the fear thing, and, and I'm y'all, I'm talking to myself here. What's the worst that could happen? Like, is that someone looks at us weird yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no, I'm fine. What are they doing? They already look at us weird. Like, we need right. to be comfortable with being peculiar and just know that. Like, like just understand. Like, you're okay with being weird around the people you love, and, and but let's let's step out a little bit more and be okay with it falling short. That's the worst that could happen is someone could go, Psh, that's stupid. You know, and, if, you stop, if you stop 10 people and ask them if yeah. they need help and they're, how are they doing? Mm-hmm. And nine of them, you're like, I'm fine. Go away from me, weirdo. Yeah. But that one person really did need your help. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're there for them. Yeah. And they didn't, yeah. they didn't know where to go or yeah. turn. Yeah. You, yeah. you just made those other nine worth it. Yeah. And too, and too often we let the nine, the, 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 the uh, dejection of the nine yeah. overweigh the success of the one. Um, and so we've got to let that go. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not from God. Like, I mean, Jesus leaves the 99 sheep to go look for the one that's, yeah. that's yeah. falling apart. So quit, quit allowing those dejections speak louder because for those that come back into the family, Scripture says the heavens rejoice. Mm. They're, they're, they're rejoicing over um, the prodigal son prodigal returning son. home. Like that, I mean, that's happening. And so we've got to quit. We've got to, we've got to fight against that. Call it what it is. Yeah. I'm being, I am, I'm losing my fight right now with fear. <laughs> and I should, I need to know what that is. And I need to overcome that. The other thing is, is there will be people that will, that have hardened hearts and 
we need to be okay with um, encountering some folks that will not be receptive in any way. Like yeah. this is going to happen. That's that's biblical. Mm-hmm. We also need to be okay with our part just being sowing some seeds, uh, like we talked about earlier. Um, and then the other thing is sometimes in our relationships, there's there's times where we have to. We just got to be patient and we got to know that it's going to be a, a long road of loving people. Mm-hmm. We can be friends with folks as we like slowly thread this into our relationship. So I heard a cool story um, at conference this week. There's a speaker there named Ricka McCroy uh, and she is a uh, I, th- I, I think she was from India. Um, her family was from India. Um, it's either India or Pakistan. Forgive me because I don't remember. Um, but she shares this really cool story. She started out her talk by by asking those in the room um, if they were looking at their family tree, if they looked all the way to the right and all the way to the left, and there is no Christians there. How many in the room could, could say that? And, like, no one could at the conference. But right, she could conference. say that. Sure, yeah. That no one in her entire family at this point, like, as far in the generations as she could see, were Christian. Yeah. Because they were Hindu. Mm-hmm. They they believed in, in a completely different faith. Well, long story short, her family moved um, to America when she was very young. And through ESL classes of trying to get mom and kids to learn English, uh, they called a church. Dad, The dad called a church because they're off in ESL. A lady that volunteers at the church answers the phone mm-hmm. and says, yes, we have ESL. And yes, they can come. I know you're not members of the church. That's quite all right. And she's like, okay. And the dad's like, well, they need a ride because I can't take them because I work during the day. And the lady's like, well, that's fine. I can come and get them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, they, I also need child care for the other kids while mom and, and the oldest is, is learning English. And she says, well, that's okay. I can watch them. <laughs> and so all of a sudden this couple, uh, that woman and her husband become friends with this family. Yeah. Um, and they just love them for years hmm. and years and years. And they start teaching each other American and Indian culture and yeah. sharing all these things. And then it's not until this young woman, uh, Rika, like many years later that she converts to Christ. Mm. And she talks about the, the slow, patient um, laying of the foundation of these two beautiful people that just no strings attached were loving that family. And sometimes that's kind of what we have to do. Yeah. And I have to just know that um, it's okay to be friends and just be neighbors and to love people and build relationships of course, we are always praying and desiring for them to, to know Jesus, but um, sometimes that takes a long time. Yeah. So, anyways, it was a cool story. Well, it's good. Yeah. So, we've definitely gone a while here, and I feel like we could just keep talking about this yeah. <laughs> indefinitely. So, uh, well, let me close with a quote, and, okay, then, and then we'll get out of there. This, right. is, um, this is something that... Well, let me, let me put it this way. This is something I, I was trying to get in the sermon. I couldn't. I had, we covered a lot, but yeah. I'm convinced of this, that in being obedient to God and to the Holy Spirit, disciples like Philip will find themselves in the oddest of situations with the most surprising sets of people. Mm-hmm. I think God's going to lead us into some uncomfortable places and is going to, like Beth Moore in the airport, bring us to comb somebody's hair. <laughs> 
And we just need to be okay with that yeah. and be excited about it and be expectant of it. Um, but it's also a really cool thing because the Holy Spirit desires for the good news of Jesus Christ to cross our normal barriers. It is no respecter of barriers. Mm-hmm. It is no respecter of of socioeconomic divides and race and real other religions. It's not. Holy Spirit is, is bigger than that. And so... Um, be encouraged by that be challenged by it yeah. and, and hopefully that leads us as we go forward but anyway it's a great series it was a lot of fun discussing this we could go on and on and on I hope this is encouraging for those of y'all listening on your way to work or, or wherever you're at be sure if you have any questions or comments um, if you'd like for us to talk about something or suggestions you can email us at podcast is it with an S podcast I think it's podcast plural plural at kingwoodumc.org so be sure to send us an email we'd love to hear your thoughts just say hi. Uh, we're lonely. And if you want to hear more about that, I mean, I really feel like we could do a whole nother yeah. episode still talking about this very same thing yeah. and more examples because yeah. I just thought of another example that yeah. of a story that you told during Harvey, but I'm like, yeah, we really need to <laughs> yeah, to, to cut this one. Right. It, it, we need to have it out here. But um, we would love to hear your feedback and see, you know, you share these, these episodes on Facebook and, and yeah. everywhere. Uh, just so well if you have yeah if you have stories like this like what we're talking about just share we would love to hear that and be able to talk through that so stop us in the hall or email them and and, uh, and come on the podcast and tell your story how about that yeah sounds great okay friends until next time thanks guys